good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. That's right, it's bloody awesome. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me as ever from across the pond, he's the statesman to my kingsman, and a jolly good fellow too, it's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, friend? I'm doing pretty well, Matt. How are you doing this uh, Tuesday afternoon when we're recording this? Tuesday. No, I'm doing well, my oh, friend. it's evening. It's evening, it's the evening for, you, for me, yes. It's a wet evening. I said off. If anyone could hear the rain in the background, I do apologise. But um, yeah, I'm much better this week. Last week was kind of the dregs uh, of coronavirus, and now that's gone, thankfully. So I'm back to. Well, I like to think fighting fit and back to form. I certainly hope, anyway. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm doing okay, my friend. I had a nap before I came on in. Unexpected oh. nap. I woke up about. 45 minutes ago terrified that i'd missed the kickoff time for the podcast so, oh, um, man I, it was good i didn't expect it this guy i laid down i say i sat down to watch them do some youtube serving next thing i know an hour or so had passed and i was very delirious but uh, no i'm doing okay mate the, um everything's in a strange place at the minute uh around the world so the question is for you how are you are you keeping florida safe you know uh as safe as one can do um just trying to uh stay positive and you know uh i i saw this tiktok this morning that i think summed up how i've been feeling for like the last two years which is like mm-hmm. i'm i'm tired of living through historical events like yeah um yeah. from you know most of my time growing up it was like always like oh this is so far away it's not like anything i've ever encountered and then it's like the last three years have just been like hey everything you've ever read about is now happening like you've lived through a pandemic and now a war is afoot apparently. So it's, it's, it's wild. Um, obviously we're mostly untouched here in Florida as far as the actual, uh, you know, those type of circumstances, or at least we like to pretend like COVID's not a thing, um, <laughs> yeah. down here in the old Florida, but, uh, yeah. Otherwise staying, staying positive, watching stuff and doing things and just trying to make the most of our day to day life. That's all you can do, my friend, is stay safe and uh, do the be the best you can. Always Toby Maguire, Peter Parker said, you know, just trying to do better. That's all you can do. So, uh, yeah, we're all here for we're here for freedom. We're here for the right thing on this podcast. So uh, we're trying to do better every day. Uh, and sometimes, though, uh, the world calls for some escapism. And what better way of doing that than the movies, the cinema, the theatre, and that's what we talk about here on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. We deliver a non-spoiler review tonight of one of the most interesting films of the week or the biggest release of the week or one that we've been meaning to catch up on. So this week we are uh, we're going to see if this film is uh, is awesome or not, if it was a bit rough, uh, if it was positively great. You know, John hounded me to watch this one and I said, dude, you're barking up the wrong tree, but doggone oh, it, let's Jesus. do it anyway. Oh, poor Lee's. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we are going to be rev- <laughs> reviewing Dog from 2022. Obviously, the film Dog, the most blunt title you'll hear probably all year, Dog. Uh, so Dog was directed by uh, first-time directors Reed Carolyn and Channing Tatum. It's also written by Reed Carolyn and stars Channing Tatum alongside Corianka Kilcher, Ethan Suple, Kevin Nash, Jane Adams, Aquila Zoll and Bill Burr. And Lulu, the, the the titular dog, she's played by three different beautiful dogs in the film as well. So I hope they got well compensated with treats for their work on the film. Uh, again, it's non-spoiler on the show, but we do go into what the synopsis says. Uh, and the synopsis reads, Two former army rangers are paired against their will on the road trip of a lifetime. Briggs, played by Channing Tatum, and Lulu, who is a Belgian Malinois, race down the Pacific coast to get to a fellow soldier's funeral on time. Uh, critically, it's doing this 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61 Metascore, 6.8 on the IMDb user score, and currently 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And it's only available in theatres uh, across the world. It's been out for two weeks now, maybe? Ten days, yeah. two weeks, JB? Yeah, that sounds right. came out the same day as Uncharted. That's right. I remember now. Yes. And uh, so dog this week again, last chance. We This is a non-spoiler review. We will have more in-depth sport thoughts on a spoiler mini side, which drops on Monday. But um, up top then dog, I thought going in that this was more of a, a buddy road trip comedy. And it is to an extent, 
but there's a lot more drama in this film than I thought there was going to be. And I really should have looked at the poster, which one of the posters is awful, but I should have looked at the poster and realised that maybe this isn't going to be a kind of played for laughs every every beat. Because it isn't. It's actually fairly dramatic, this film. And uh, there is always a fear when you've got a, a dog or an animal in the lead. It's like, oh no, <laughs> please hope, hope the dog's going to be okay. So I, I spent an hour and what, 50 minutes, I think this film is, in fear for the dog. Just, and that's just my natural reaction when I see a dog in a film. It's like, please be okay. Yep. Um, okay, we're not going to spoil what happens in this film. But uh, yeah, it, it's Channing Tatum and a dog uh, going down a Pacific coast to get to uh, the funeral of a, a fallen soldier. Uh, Briggs is, uh, he's a military man, but is currently out of service for reasons explained in the film. And in order for him to get back into the military, he's got to do this thing for uh, for uh, his, his, his old servant commander. Now, I, again, I went in, all those puns aside, not really expecting an awful lot from this film. I did think it was going to be a bit of a throwaway. Uh, and I came out thinking that was a, that was a nice surprise, Dog was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, um, my, I spoke to my buddy the other day and he said, what was it like? And I said, oh, you know, it wasn't awful. And I realised, actually, that sounds too negative on this film. It wasn't awful. I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but it was a, ni- a nice film. That's how I, I came out with a good feeling from this film. Whilst acknowledging that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't amazing, but I thought Channing Tatum was very good, um, mm-hmm. and obviously Lulu the dog were were great. I think Channing Tatum and the dog worked really well together, uh, and that's obviously what the film is based on. If Channing Tatum isn't very good in the lead role, the film sinks, or if he, it's clear that he and the dog don't get along, the film sinks. Thankfully, they do. So I think their relationship's good. Channing Tatum shows again that he's got the, some, he's got some decent chops here, uh, and yeah. also when there is comedy. He's very good at that as well. He's got good timing as well. So it's a good performance yeah. from Channing Tatum. Um, a lot of the uh, so the jokes, though, for me, some landed, some didn't. I found some to be a bit odd, really. <laughs> the really strange set pieces, which kind of were dropped in. And I felt were a bit... I felt like the like Tatum and Carolyn together thought, right, we need some, we need some kind of fun set piece, which is going to be a bit wacky and a bit out there to get people laughing. And... They didn't always work for me. I did because they felt for me like they were just plumped in there just because something needed to happen at that point. They didn't really particularly feel organic to the story to me. Uh, and there was one or two jokes in there which may get have a few people wincing in their seats when it comes to, mm. uh, for example, who the dog is trained to attack. For example, yeah. But, um, in terms of what to say about the story, though, I I, I will say that it it probably goes the way you think. Unlike what Luke Skywalker said, this is going to go the way you think. You know, if if you were to think too long and hard about the story and what's probably going to happen, then you probably it probably does happen from what you what you imagine, and that's not a bad thing. You know, the the destination is one thing, but it's all about the journey, and this is a, a journey trip for the most part. I thought it was very decent. I thought it was quite heartfelt at times, um, but there were some some subplots which I think they could have just removed entirely. Some sort of familial ones, which I thought this didn't really add an awful lot to the story. Uh, a couple of you get a couple of people dropping in and out like uh, Kevin Nash and Bill Burr who were fine. It's just nice to see some familiar faces, and you know they're they're okay with what we had to do. But you know this is, they're they they are the sum of this film for me. It's not spectacular, but it's very decent. It, it will make you feel good. It won't surprise you in any way. But I think you'd have to have a heart of stone not to come out and feel a little bit moved by this story yeah. by the end of the film. So for me, yeah, I thought it was pretty good, John. What about yourself? I agree with almost everything you said. I think um, there were parts when the film was starting where I was like, this is really going to drag. Like, it, And it kind of does. Like, Some of the early stuff is just like, okay, I get what's going on. Can we can we get to the point? And mm-hmm. this is, if we're looking at Blake Snyder's Save the Cat archetypes, it very much fits into the, the uh, Golden Fleece. Um, they, this is a road trip movie. Uh, you know, you've got, instead of your team, you've, you've just got the two, but they have all these road apples along the way. They have to stop. And that's what you were talking about. Some of these set pieces. Um, when I saw it, there was a father with two young kids in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the first major stop along the journey, <laughs> you're not sure how adult the movie's about to go. And I can yeah. hear, I, I was far away, but I could feel the dad tensing like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> like, have I brought my kids to the wrong movie? Um, <laughs> But it, it's a it's a tame scene, but at the same time, it's like maybe this isn't a family movie because the it's it is dealing with some really hard war content. Yes, um, and 
it's hard to tell if this movie is taking a stance about the military, um, whether for or against. It seems to be a little neutral on the subject. Um, a lot of the stuff feels negative, but there's definitely a lot of patriotism built into it. So yeah. I don't think it's really making um, a claim one way or the other, which I think it has an opportunity where it could have and maybe should have to make this movie land a little harder one way or the other. Um, but Tatum is great. Uh, he's super charming. It, you need someone who's really able to carry scenes where it's one-sided because the dog can't talk. Dog does a good job acting on all three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is not one of those movies. It's not going to be a mystery where the dog, hey, guess what? Um, nor do we get, like, inner dialogue of the, it's not like Marley and me, I think, or Mar- <laughs> maybe, I don't know, whatever. It's like There's a lot three, Alan. Sure. You know, where you hear the uh, the inner monologues of the animals, like, yes, you know, um, um, I can't think of any of those movies all of a sudden, but yeah, like, there's movies where you hear the, the animal's thoughts, and even if the characters don't. Um, it's not this type of movie, so we don't know what Lulu's thinking outside of the, her actions. Um, I don't love that they went with the name dog. Uh, I Every week in my classroom on my whiteboard, I write the name of every movie that's playing at our local theater to try to encourage my students to go to the, the movies, right? Nice. If it's safe. I've done that for years, pre-COVID especially, but I've been doing it again. And I don't think I've ever had more people ponder, what is dog? Because it just says dog on the on the board. And it is a, it's such a, a bland title. I don't, it's not going to be memorable. And I think that's one of the flaws with this movie is like dog is too generic of a title. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yes. when you meet the dog and she's named Lulu, like call it Lulu. Like that's a better name. Cause at least it's something specific. People don't know what Lulu is, but they know what dog is, which is what's throwing them off. It's like, why would there be a movie with such a bland title? Um, but overall, I think the movie's, solid i think it ends stronger than it starts um yes it, it does it it's not long but it it does feel a little long because it gets it of all those stops it's just like these manufactured um stops along the road which you know is going to happen in a road trip movie they're necessary but you generally want them to feel more organic a lot of times you're like why would you do that like why would you <laughs> go out of your way to do this thing um i also i was really confused on his timetable like i thought he had oh like two days to get somewhere and it was like a week I thought um, you had to. I thought you had the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And but then it was like he had like it felt like he had forever because I'm like this is longer <laughs> than two days. Um, I'm a big Ethan Suplee fan because uh, he's lived a life. Um, not qu- he's been much more successful than I have, but he was severe. Most of the time we've known him as an actor, he was a big guy. Uh, he was on Boy Meets World. He was in Mallrats as the guy watching the the painting. Um, he's always really <laughs> a large. He's tall, but he's he was always. I don't want to call him facts. I feel bad saying that, but that was, he was a yeah, large yeah. man. He has since lost a lot of weight. He has a podcast. that's about weight loss. Um, he's really, and like seeing him in, in this movie was really cool for me. Um, I actually thought he was one of my favorite parts of the film. Cause I like his kind of lesson, the message that he sends across because this is a movie ultimately about two people who served a specific function and now are unable to fulfill that function and they don't know what to do themselves. We have about trauma, isn't it? It's about trauma, but also like the trauma has stopped them from doing the one thing they knew what to do. Yeah. And now they're trying to get back to that place where they can do that thing again, but no one will let them do that thing. And maybe they're not capable of it. So maybe they're they're not being allowed to do the thing is the right answer, but that still leaves them at a loss. They, They don't know who they are and you see, uh, there's movies like this. I didn't get to see Mustang from a, a like I think last year, or the year before, and that had a similar vibe. Like it was like prisoners getting to work with horses, um, and <laughs> you, like it's very there's a self reflection in it, right? Like we are wild animals, and you find peace with working with the wild animals, kind of thing. And that's I think part uh, the heart of this story, and it it works. You see that they're reflected in each other, and that they need each other. And so you really want the bond to happen throughout the course of the film and whether or not it does, well, that will have to wait for spoiler talk, but it is a solid movie. Um, and critics seem to like this more than uncharted because it's got higher stats uh, across the board here. Um, Tatum's funny. The, the humor when it lands is good. I agree. Some of the jokes don't land. And I don't, I don't know if the one thing you alluded to is supposed to be funny, but there are some, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a funnier, uh, character in a lineup sequence in a movie though where like it's actually played for humor where like you know um yeah i I still don't know if lineups ever actually happen that way in real life it seems like no 
right? Because even like the joke he's making is like, what's the point of this? It's like very obvious it's me. None of these people look like me. <laughs> the thing, I don't know if it's your delivery, but it's funnier now. Maybe it's because you're the, you're the one saying it, but you're wrong. Maybe. Because that's, that's the, the joke, right? It's like, why are we even doing this? Like, what is, like, look at me. I am Shannon Tatum. No one in this lineup looks anything <laughs> like I do. So, like, clearly it's me. You know, like, this is a, like, and he's like, I'm even confessing. Why are we still here? Like, it's, it, <laughs> I, I thought that bit was funny, but also, like, again, <laughs> the subtext is, like, very serious. And it, yes. it and understandably so, because, again, it is, I think, part of, this whole thing is like, if you have been trained to do something, is it your fault if that's the only thing you know how to do? You know what I mean? Like, you've been conditioned and trained to do A. A is no longer appropriate, but yet that's the only thing you know how to do. It, it's a it's a tough subject, and I don't know if the movie really tackles it, though, which is maybe a detriment in the, at the end of the day, because it, it does feel like it's trying to be neutral. Um, understandably so because people are very protective of soldiers and the commentary on soldiers, but it is like, it's not an easy thing to, to just wipe away. Like it's a tough thing when we are training people to kill. Uh, it is like, you know, it's, it's a scary phrase. Like the idea of killing is a big deal. It's a big decision to take someone's life away. If life is the most precious gift we are given being put in a position where you must be the one to decide. Mm-hmm. If someone gets to continue living is a huge responsibility. So, um, you know, it's, that's a heavy topic for a movie that's kind of sold as a fr- family friendly, but not quite film. Yeah. So, but, um, overall I'd say it, good, not, not a bad movie in any, any shape, but, uh, not a must see or like, you know, knock your socks off type of movie either. Nope. That, that's fair enough. Yeah. It deals with some heavy subjects, but I think I'm not, I think it, doesn't know which side of the fence to sit on in terms of its message. Mm-hmm. It, it flip-flops an awful lot, but I think it's a very competent debut from Channing Tatum and Reed Carolyn. I think they can be, I think there's a very decent debut film for them. And yeah, sure. if, you're, if, you're, if you're looking for a family friendly film, you might just about get away with it. But like John said, you might, uh, there might be a few clenching moments where you think, Oh no, it depends on your tolerance, I suppose. But yeah, um, I don't know if they'd be spoilers, but like, yeah, there's, there's technically the first two set pieces are not, totally kid appropriate so no i uh, know you're probably right in fact yeah i don't know what the rating is for this film i imagine it's probably a pg i, I think it's pg-13 here in the states um, so it'd be a 12 over here then that would make that uh, okay yeah see that makes more sense to me if it was a if it was a 12 rated film because it's not it isn't one i would show my five or five year old whatever uh, and expect her to enjoy it but also the app, the, like I said, the general atmosphere itself, it, it is a 12A, in fact. It is trying to be a serious film, but add some levity to it. I think, first and foremost, yeah. it is a drama. It's a dramatic, dramatic comedy, if you can even call it that. Yeah. It's a drama first, with, you know, lighter moments sprinkled in. But it, the message it wants to say is pretty heavy. So, yeah, I think that 12 rating is probably just about accurate. But is there anything else you wanted to add to Dog before we move on? No, sir. We'll wait till spoilers to talk the rest of it. Uh, okay, well, it seems like we were both pretty positive about Doc, yeah. so... Uh, Jeez, man, come back puns. For, I know, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Come back for more uh, dog-related puns on Monday when John hosts the show. Uh, but now we're going to move on to our, our next regular segment, which we call Chuffed Headlines. Uh, John and myself, we scour the web for uh, movie or pop culture news that caught our attention, and we discuss it. So, John, what have you gone for this week? So the we had a big award ceremony. Um, the uh, Screen Actors Guild or SAG uh, awards were this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we would kind of go through the winners. Um, I've only kind of looked at this, uh, but Same. you know. So if for some reason, listener, you haven't or you're like spoiler averse to this, skip ahead. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go over the winners of the SAG awards. Um, I feel like I have. I actually don't know. I, I'm not as good at Oscars stuff as I should be. I guess, but. Um, does this ever predict the Oscar wins or is it like counter to the Oscar wins? Like, I don't know enough about the SAG Awards really. No, it plays into it's this, it's the, is it the globes? There's like, there's like a few, which they, which are like the precursors and people look at them to, to predict. And sometimes they are, uh, fairly, I feel like, uh, loyal, uh, consistent. Sorry. I think the DGA is a big one too, though. The director's guild of America. Whatever um, wins that, so, you're pretty much nailed on to uh, carry that into the Oscars and special, and also into the best pictures as well. 
So uh, we won't go over every award, but we'll just go over some of the big ones. Um, for me, I was excited to see outstanding cast in a motion picture went to Coda. Um, yeah. So like the whole cast wins, which was super exciting. Uh, there was, you know, some great speeches given. Uh, I saw like just some clips on Instagram and stuff, but it was awesome seeing that the cast get to uh, such celebrate. A good film. Such a good film. And I was excited to see that um, outstanding actor in a leading role went to uh, Will Smith for King Richard, which that's been kind of, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people think this might be his year because of the performance. Um, Andrew Garfield was nominated. So I do want to point that out that Smith beat him in this. And I really hope that doesn't happen at the Oscars. Cause I think Andrew Garfield deserves it. Um, outstanding, outstanding uh, actress is uh, Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye mm-hmm. also nominated for the Oscar. So, you know, big deal. Although Lady Gaga was not snubbed here, but she didn't win. Who did um, um, so outstanding supporting role, we got Troy K- uh, Kotzer for Coda. So again, Coda getting recognition, which is awesome. Nice. Um, and then uh, outstanding female actress in supporting role, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, which is again, I think a very accurate depiction there. Um, and that's the gist of it. There's a stunt ensemble in a motion picture for No Time to Die winner, um, which mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, that's definitely a big thing. And everything else goes to TV, which we don't talk about here on BAMP, so we're not going to get into all the TV awards because, frankly, I probably haven't seen most of the TV awards. <laughs> you know what happened. Um, so, yeah. Um, but that's that's the winner. So a- anything on that, like, kind of catchy or make you think, uh-oh, maybe for Oscars? Um, well, I was just looking in the background whilst you were talking, and uh, in terms of the SAG going into the Oscars, uh, is there there is uh, some precedent but it's never it's not always a lock who that you win the sag award you're going to win the oscar i think i read that in terms of the the major awards you know t- twice in the last four years as a, as um see the, the 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 main acting award being won in the sag and also in the oscar category by the same person so you know it 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 can it can happen, but I don't know. I haven't. I've still yet to see the eyes of Tammy Faye. I'm hearing though that Jessica Chastain is is very good in a film which is pretty good. Uh, but I'm not surprised to hear that she's won it. Will Smith has been getting Oscar buzz since King Richard, uh, yeah, uh, dropped. I mean, we've been when we covered it for the Bamp last year. I believe it must have been now. Yeah, it was November um, when it dropped. No, but yeah, well. Oh man, it feels like a long time. We were asking the question then, you know, is, does Will Smith have it in the bag? Is he going to get nommed if not win? Because that was where the, the smart money at the time was, was going. And do you know what? I can see this happening. I can see this being repeated at the Oscar as well. Uh, when it comes to DeBose as well, I, I think there's a high chance that she is also going to take the Oscar mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. she has here. And Troy Kotzer too. There, there's, there is a trend appearing now where he's, he's starting to win more and more and more. Plus, uh, with Coda's getting a lot more attention, there's a feeling yeah. that, that, you know, there might be a, a really nice story here, and Troy Kotzer may walk away with with, with the award. So nothing majorly uh, surprising. Like for, a surprise to me, for example, would have been uh, Lady Gaga winning Best Actress. Why? Because she's not nominated at the Oscars. It would have thrown a cat amongst the proverbial pigeons, if you will. Um, so that would have been a surprise to me. So, but seeing the winners, seeing, uh, kind of the, the trails they've been blazing on the Oscar circuit, I'm not surprised, but in terms of best actor, I would really, really, really would like to see, um, Andrew Garfield pick that up, but, uh, best actress. I mean, I think that, you know, it's that, 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 that can nominate a category. Sorry. is so wide open for me. It could have gone to anyone on the day. And that's not to say that Jessica Chastain doesn't deserve it. I haven't seen the film, but yeah. you know, had Christian Stewart won or had uh, Nicole Kidman won, for example, then I don't think anyone would have been surprised either. So, uh, but no, I'm, I have no real issues with the SAG award um, awards. I'm glad to see Coda winning that best ensemble. Cause it was a damn good film f- c- replete with entirely great performances from everyone. And it's nice to see no time to die, pick something up as well. Uh, because I'm not sure it's going to at the Oscars. I think Dune may sweep some of those awards, but no, I think, I think I'm pretty happy with these ones, my friend. Yeah. I, I, you know, no, no big complaints. Um, I do hope, uh, I, I like Will Smith. I've always been a big fan, but I, yeah, I don't know if that's like, if I compare him to Andrew Garfield this year, like Andrew Garfield's performance was far <laughs> superior to me, but. But if Will Smith does win at the Oscars, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. But I also wouldn't be 
disappointed because I think he was yeah very good. And he, we, all, I think anyone who knows film knows that Will Smith is a very good actor. Yep. Yeah, so I agree. It, you know, it could be deserved for for his back catalogue, one of those. But uh, hey, we'll see. We haven't got long to wait now till Oscar night. Probably what maybe the most exciting night of the year for us film fans. I'm very excited for the Oscars. But um, well, mine, uh, I've gone for I've gone for one headline, but it's actually two headlines. It's uh, it's films which I can't imagine they're going to be anywhere near next year's Oscar chase, but they might be. And it's two new trailers have dropped in the last 24 hours for some pretty big upcoming films. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. The trailer finally released. It was due to be released last Thursday, I think, and it it didn't. You know, Jude Law announced it was coming, and then it just didn't turn up, and it eventually came in the, within the last 24 hours. And Morbius, Jared Leto's Morbius, Sony and Marvel's latest film, has had its final trailer ahead of its release in pretty much four weeks' time. So um, I watched, obviously, I watched both of these trailers, and... You know, the Morbius trailer looks very interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see the the tone of this film because all of the trailers so far, apart from that awful I Am Venom gag in one of the trailers. Oh, other than, exactly. Other than, and Jared Leto, but other than the, 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 the vibe looks very stark, very sinister. It looks like they may commit. And Sony uh, have got precedence of doing that. They, You know, I don't think Sony are going to hold back on a darker film if you will, compared to maybe a Marvel who may do because their, their brand is slightly different. But so I'm excited to see how Morbius plays out in terms of its atmosphere and its tone. It's got a really good cast in it. Michael Keaton coming back is uh, exciting for me. I'm looking forward to seeing Michael. The, the Keaton essence is in full swing now. And it's, it's got a decent cast. Otherwise Matt Smith's in it doing a funny English accent and he is English. Uh, Adria Arjona as well joins the cast. Let's see Jared Leto hamming it up as a vampire. I'm willing to uh, go in with an open mind and see how this plays out, uh, knowing that it's going to play into a wider cinematic universe, the Sony Spider-Verse world. I'm saying is that it's releasing on April Fool's Day, and that seems (laughs) like too big of a coincidence. As many times as they've pushed this back, I'm waiting for this to turn out to be a prank, and it doesn't really exist. There is no movie. (laughs) Um, uh, The trailer that dropped... I I didn't watch the new Dumbledore trailer. I did watch the new... uh, vampire Morbius, yeah. if you will trailer yeah no i'm gonna call it vampire um vampire uh, m- mostly because of the the claim that i saw in the headline was that michael keaton was like heavily in the trailer which he's in it like a, more than he's been in it but like he's not heavy in the trailer i still yeah, don't no. understand i i want to see this just to understand where in the mcu this fits because he has to be a part of the mcu somehow i know we're getting all of this multiverse of madness stuff but it's it's still so unclear. Then you've yeah. got to imagine it's it's intrinsically tied to at least Homecoming, which was uh, so. So this has got to be surely set, obviously between that and No Way Home. You imagine? Yeah, it ha- and, but that's it. Just feels so confusing, and so um, I'd like that clarity. I, I'm not hyped for this movie. I've long since argued Tyrese is severely overrated as oh, an actor. Bruh. Maybe that's not even like accurate. Maybe he's just a little overrated because he is an actor and maybe that's too much of a credit, but um, <laughs> I don't know like uh, his role in this as like uh, the lead cop. And like, I don't know, man, I- I'm not sold on this. It's looked pretty bad. I was, and the fact that they keep pushing it back and again, they chose April fool's day. Like it, I, I can't get past that. Cause I'm like, is it really going to come out? Or is that going to be the prank? Cause it's been, when that comes out in the trailer, it is very kind of ominous. Like April, got a like, coming April 1st. Yeah. You just think, Hmm, you say that out loud and it sounds pretty daft. Exactly. Especially again, because this movie has been pushed back like seven times. I think like it yeah, is a, a record amount of times. I think I didn't. Oh uh, yeah. The trailer to clarify. Yeah. The trailer wasn't, it wasn't mind blowing, but I'm interested. No. I just, I'm just interested yeah. to see how far they really want to push this now because, oh yeah, I don't know much about the character of was it Michael Morbius? Um, yeah, I don't really know much about the character. So to me, I'm I, like, oh, a, a vampire. This could be pretty. You know, they could go pretty uh, grim with this, but I'm interested my to see where they do. Favorite version of Spider-Man up until the like, I guess favorite's too strong. The animated series from the Amazing Spider-Man when I was a kid, like in the early '90s. Uh, Michael Morbius was a recurring character. So that's mm-hmm. where I know him the most. Um, they, they tied him into, I think, I feel like the Punisher was connected to him in, in that series at some point. And definitely Blade showed up on the animated series hunting him at one point. 
So like right. I, I was really hyped when Michael Morbius showed up on that show. Um, there was a lot to do with it. He is more, he's, he does kind of straddle the line of villain and, and, and hero. Sometimes the, the hunger gets out of control and he can't not be a villain kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then there is like a connection that him and Spider-Man are both scientists. And so there is this like, you know, there's like this bond, like we're both struggling with dealing with these powers that we kind of got from out of nowhere. Um, so it's, it's the characters compelling enough. Mm-hmm. It's more or less like, like you said, I think the tone, the trailer has been really, really hard to understand what tone they're going for. Cause even there's the part where like in the first trailer, or at least one of the many trailers, cause we've been seeing this movie for a while now, um, <laughs> yeah. a character goes, do you need a doctor? And his response is, I am a doctor as though doctors never need doctors. Like what do you, yeah. that's a stupid that's line. Like naff. that's exposition gone wrong. That is. And that's in the trailer, right? Like you were getting <laughs> dumped exposition in the trailer. Like, come on, man. Like it, it already feels so cheesy and we haven't even seen the full movie. So like it, I am very on guard that it's not going to be good. Oh, I, I believe it will be a bit, better. I, I believe it will be a bit average at best. I hope to be surprised, yeah. but I, Me I, too. Me too. I don't think it will be great, but I hope it is, but I don't think it will be, but, um, with with uh, Newt Scamander and can someone please find him or whatever the damn film's called? Uh, I thought that trailer was again. It was fine. It's just now set up the fact that that exactly that Newt Scamander is the new Bilbo Baggins in the sense that he's just pushed aside in his own damn trilogy, which which upsets me a bit. Not in a way that I'm going to sit there crying, but you know, like this when this started, it, I've said this ad nauseum on the show, but. When the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them came out, it was Eddie Redmayne front and center. He's going to be our this this little Hufflepuff is going to be our lead, and he's going to go travel the world and find these beasts and eventually release a book about them. And this has strayed so far away from that that even in this trailer, Newt Scamander is a secondary character in this trailer. It opens up with uh, Dumbledore from the original Potter saga, the Michael Gambon. Dumbledore and it's all and you get there's a lot of Jude Law's Dumbledore there's a lot of now Maz Mickelson's uh Gellert Grindelwald fold um and uh Jacob's in it a bit more but it it feels more like a an ensemble skewed further heavily towards Dumbledore and Grindelwald than the actual star of this trilogy and you know this whole thing's got to end with Newt Scamander releasing a book but at the same time it's also got to end with the Wizarding World not going to World War Two or something like that. So I mean, what's I, I just think that this has gone so far outside of what it was originally planned. A very reactionary franchise. Plus, of course, all of the production that this has fa- uh, production issues. Sorry, that this has faced um, behind the camera, in front of the camera. I mean, this was also meant to come out last November, and it's been pushed mm-hmm. to April as well. So it's yeah. another example I mean, of it, films being pushed back. Like that's the to clarify. A lot of movies got pushed back. Just oh, not sure. the number of times that Morbius has been pushed back. And Morbius <laughs> was supposed to come out in January, and there was no reason to push it back. Like, there no. was zero reason. What is the meme? The new mutant walked so Morbius could run. Yeah, yes. I think that was the yes. phrase that came out. But fantastic base. Look, out of the two of them, if you offered me front, if you offered me uh, opening night tickets to Wives of them, I'd, I'd take Fantastic Beast out of the two of them. Yeah. very quickly about yeah i would much rather because i'm i'm more from i'm much more comfortable in that world even sure. if the film I, is going to be awful possibly i didn't like the second one i didn't the, mind it the stuff i've seen in this one and i got i think the biggest advantage is mad mickelson like i am so oh. on board with him as grindelwald i'm like why didn't we do that from the get-go it's like not a bad replacement is it and not to spoil the first one, but it is a few years old now. I'd have been happy with Colin Farrell staying as Grindelwald and, and not being a full ruse. Like, just Dude. instead of it being a like full out, like, polymorph situation, if he was just, like, under a fake name, I would have preferred that because Colin Farrell is, like, one of my favorite actors. So, yeah. Um, and you I like Matt Mickelson years ago. Dude, no joke, right? Like, that guy's yeah. career is wild because I am now, like, if Colin Farrell's name is on a movie, I'm like, yes, sir, please, I will watch I it in a heartbeat. There. It's the cliche amongst film fans now, but, you know, in Bruges, it's, it's like before in Bruges and after him, potentially. Yes. He was in stuff before that, of course, but in oh, Bruges yeah. really showed, you know, alongside Ray Fiennes, uh, Brendan Gleeson, you've got Colin Farrell's out there God. running the show, and it's like, and, and the, I mean, the fact that the film is very, very good helped, but Colin Farrell's great, and then from then on, he's um, Yorgos 
collaborations and all yep. this other interesting the stuff he's decided to do. Oh, man. Yeah, man, this killing of a sacred deer and his beautiful oh. bead in that. He's just done some... He, he I don't want to say matured, because that's the wrong word, but I'm going to anyway. He's matured into a really fine actor who's picking the right project, interesting projects that will stretch him as an actor. But at the same time, it's showing that he's willing to have a bit of fun with certain other films he's been in as well. But I also uh, no, want to throw I'm, I'm digging same, it. Same director from... Uh, uh, in Bruges is Seven Psychopaths, which I just feel like not enough people saw because that movie is wild. And uh, it's him and Sam Rockwell together. It's just, oh man, chef's kiss. Like it's masterful. And Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken is underrated in that movie because he is just doing stuff in that film that is so wild. Like I, that movie is so crazy. Um, it's uh, uh, And then it's the guy who did Three Billboards, right? Like he did, he did Three Billboards, which yeah. was excellent as well. Yeah, just that. Uh, McDonough? Is that right? Martin McDonough, I think his yeah. name is. Man, I, it's time for a new movie, guy. What's happening? Like, it's been a he while. Takes since his time, isn't he? He does. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. We we deviated, but um, I, I also would pick uh, Fantastic Beasts three because I, I got to say this trailer. Though I haven't seen the most recent trailer, but the last couple, I'm more on board. Uh, it's still there's things that I don't love about it. I'm not. I I hate the direction that the film has gone because I really mm-hmm. wanted. Indiana Jones of the Wizarding World, where we have this Newt Scamander mm-hmm. bopping around instead of finding artifacts, finding animals. That's what I was musical Indiana Jones. Yeah, and the fact that we just didn't get that, and this was it was more like I always will compare this to what they did with the Gotham TV series. They promised me one thing, and they gave me something completely different that I didn't want. Yep. And it's not that it's even bad in its in and of itself, but it's like you're doing the same thing instead of something new. Um, yeah. Hey, Star Wars, be careful, because that's the yeah. path you're you're treading. Yeah, it's the um, stuff that they said that it, they, they've become the very thing they swore to destroy. They said this wasn't going to yeah. be a a straight up prequel to the Potter, the the established part of franchise. Of course, of course, there were always going to be nods and winks and ties to it. But now it is literally the prequel when it wasn't supposed to be. And I'm with you, dude. I any Redman's a good actor. I'd have liked to have just seen him having fun to f- find. Yeah. I know I said it before, but I want him to find these beasts. I don't believe that he's done enough to write a book <laughs> about these beasts yes, in universe. Yes. I don't think he has done enough. And it's a bestseller. Come on. You're almost expecting the book to end up being like a, a lie just to cover up all of the craziness. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, this happened. Like, it's just, it's just going to be a cover up. He'll just yeah. fictionalize it all. But I yeah. saw a, a, a Grindelwaldosaurus. Yeah, there was a really nasty one. He was. Yeah, yeah. really bad. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't dislike the, the trailer. fine. You know, the trailer's okay. Yeah. But it, it. But it's. It's got the Force Awakens vibe, which is something we say about every trailer now. Uh, the Ghostbusters trailer and a couple more, where they've gone for that very epic, you know, tribal drum led version of the main theme. And this one, it's the Harry Potter main theme, has been given like the really over ott epic uh treatment and you know it, it it's not being subtle anymore it is you know like you love harry potter well here you go he's he's dumbledore he's 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 hogwarts here's the music again i think that might have been forced yeah. to phoenix there we go so similar to the my criticism of some of the dialogue when he says three points to hufflepuff i'm just like dude he's not a student don't yeah. that's such a yeah. crap line like that's such a crap line that like Stop teachers it. can't turn it off like i'm not a teacher when i'm not a teacher like if i'm not in the classroom i'm not like giving detentions to people like you know what i'm saying like don't, don't home, do that. in your in your seat guys now concentrate john saying yeah as his wife and kid are like what are you, what are you talking about john it's mr yeah. birkenfield to you guys oh man so it's just like, yeah, come on, man. That's such a throwaway, like, uh, it's a fan service type of line. It's just, bleh. yeah, don't, I don't like need it. That. Get it I out like of the fan movie. service, but no, just, just, just drop yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, two films which have been pushed back because of the pandemic are coming out in the same month. And two films which aren't widely expected to be amazing for uh, varying reasons, shall we say. I'm sure there are people out there who cannot wait for these, but you know, sure. a lot of production issues on both sides, a lot of controversy. So I think the studios, certainly with Fantastic Beasts, just can't wait for it to be over. Let's just release the film, make some money and move on, um, which is what we're going to do. We might not make some money, but we are going to move on to our next segment, which is media consumption. And here, John and myself, we talk about the films, the TV series, the video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours. Uh, comic books, whatever it is that we've used to pass the time since the previous episode. So, John, what you've been checking out? Well, so as per usual, Blank Check is finishing up the Jane Campion uh, um, podcast uh, series, and so mm-hmm. they had two more movies 
last this last episode was Bright Star. Um, I talked about Bright Star on our show not long ago because I watched it yeah. on Netflix. Um, I really want to encourage everyone who has not seen it, watch it. And for uh, those our, our audience who maybe doesn't like Campion's uh, use of sexuality, because Campion's really, really uh, adult in the most yeah. of her films. There's there's a lot of sexuality, both male and female. Um, Bright Star, even though it is a love story about a romantic poet, um, it, it's a PG-13 movie. I think it's her only PG-13 movie. There's no nudity. There's like the uh, sexual tension that is there is very um, childlike. It's very f- kid friendly. It's not, it's not going to uh, titulate if you will. So if you haven't seen any campaign film, you're not sure where to enter. This is a, I think a very accessible one, even though it's a period piece, something that usually doesn't work for me. Uh, this one actually really did. So uh, campaign has become a director. I admire so much. Her work is so impressive and so uh, kind of, all over the place and yet not like there's you see threads but um like you know if you were to look at like the piano and power of the dog those feel similar bright star feels like none of the other films because it is so tame compared to the others and then you have like in the cut and um holy smoke that feel like and sweetie i actually think all feel like companion pieces of kind of wild out there mm-hmm. uh overtly sexual um one much uh in the cut being much much darker than all of those but still um they're but yeah, listen to that good episode as per usual. Uh, it is my favorite podcast, so it's kind of unfair. Um, watched a bunch of movies. Uh, caught a documentary from the '90s, or actually, I think it's '89. Paris is burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought this on Criterion not too long ago, but I finally got a chance to watch it. It is a uh, specifically about the drag community um, and the gay community in Harlem, in New York, uh, in like '87, '88. Um, and it introduces a lot of the terms that are still used today uh, to a, a wide audience, um, including the word Vogue, um, which I knew from Madonna, but that was borrowed from this culture and this documentary. Uh, it's really compelling, super, um, I think, educational, but also like uh, a lot of tragedy. It's it's a really great film. It's actually really short, too. It's only like 71 minutes. But um, if you get an opportunity to check it out, I believe it's on the Criterion channel as well. Um, I went to the theater and caught Studio 666. This is the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. horror comedy. Uh, I wish there was better comedy. I really <laughs> wanted to love this movie. Um, it's just a lot of the jokes felt a little generic and Uh-oh. didn't quite land. I haven't heard um, great and, things about it. I didn't get a chance to go out and see it, but I hadn't heard great things about it. So much of the band are not actors, and you can <laughs> tell. Uh, like Dave Grohl, I feel, is channeling Jack Black. And that's yeah, like the get that yet. And then, um, you know, there's a few cameos that are really funny and or uh, interesting. Um, but overall, and it, it, it felt like it ended stronger. But man, there were parts where I was like, oh man, I'm ready for this to be over. Like, and I love horror <laughs> comedies, and I love you know like silly kind of music movies. It just it just felt like there was a lot going on. Maybe too much stuff happening instead of it being focused. Um, but it, it's not, it's not bad. It just wasn't, I was really hoping to like, Oh man, this is so much fun. And I, I didn't have that kind of fun with it. Um, watch plan B, uh, on Hulu. That's uh, our movie club movie for the week. Um, I don't, I don't know how you can watch it over there, Matt, since I know that Hulu is not a thing, but if you have access to it, I really, really recommend this movie. Um, had, had you already seen it? Uh, no, I haven't already seen it. No, I haven't. Uh, no. It's directed by Natalie Morales, who was on Parks and Recreation as um, Lucy, Tom's girlfriend for a while. She's an actress and other stuff, too, but that's where I know her most. Um, it's her, uh, I think it's her debut or it's her second feature, but both of her features are the same year. So I don't know which one came out first, uh, but Plan B is so good. Um, just funny. Uh, it is a road trip buddy comedy, but with two girls. So it's got <laughs> similar vibes to Booksmart in that way. Oh, there nice. are like uh, Harold and Kumar type stuff happening. It's. Uh, just excellent. Really, really great. Highly recommend. Um, uh, Booksmart, I like a lot. I, Plan B has a little more of something to say. Um, it's making known a clause that ex- exists in six states uh, about the Plan B birth control. Uh, well, I don't know what the correct term is. It's not technically birth control. Um, but uh, it's a Plan B, right? Um, that there are six states in the U.S. that have a conscience clause so that a pharmacist can refuse giving someone the plan B pill if they think it's wrong. Right. Um, 
And so that's what this movie's kind of bringing attention to. Uh, and that's not a spoiler. That's like kind of what starts the road trip yeah, yeah. part of the film is that it's inaccessible. So they need to make some decisions. Um, highly recommend that movie. And again, it will be, uh, Corey and I will be talking about that this week on movie club. Um, I, I finally checked a big movie off my list. Eight and a half. Uh, it's my first yep. Fellini film. Um, I, I, I don't know if that was the one I should have jumped in on, but I did. Um, I did not know what I was getting into. I thought it was going to be a much more straightforward film than it is. It's, it's much more cerebral, cerebral and mm-hmm. uh, surreal than I had anticipated, which is not Damn a complaint. It. I just, I went in and just expecting like some, I didn't even know what it was about to be honest. So like the whole thing was kind of like unveiling itself in front of me. I was like, Oh, Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I, I have not deciphered all of it yet. I mean, there's, it, it deals with so much, but it's very, very worth watching. Um, I watched it on HBO max. Um, I watched uh, the animated film Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, which is uh, voiced with Adam West and Burt Ward uh, reprising their West. roles. And it's set in the uh, the 60s Batman uh, kind of universe. Nice. Um, it, it, I like it. Uh, it's um, it's a cool throwback. Uh, you know, there are parts of it, it. It felt a little long, but it, by the end, I was like, okay, uh, everything kind of played off and made sense. Um my favorite movie so far this year is Cha Cha Real Smooth. That's going to mm-hmm. be coming to Apple TV Plus. Um, I've wanted to see the uh, the filmmaker's other film, which is called, well, it's called Poop House, but not poop. Um, and it, it, I have written on our show notes here. I have the uh, asterisk for the eye, but that is actually, if you look at the poster, it's S ampersand or not ampersand uh, number sign, and then amp, uh, asterisk T I was house. Wondering how you're going to get around that. Um, yeah, so I said poop house. Um, We're family friendly here, guys. I really enjoy this movie. I, I just uh, added Showtime to my Hulu subscription because yeah. they had a special. It was like five bucks extra for six months. So I was like, ah, there's a few things on Showtime I want to check out. I'll go ahead and do that. And then um, I didn't realize this was on there until last night. I was like, well, that's what I'm watching because I really wanted to see his other movie. So I was excited mm-hmm. that I had access to it. Um, I like it. It's not as good as Cha-Cha Real Smooth, but it is very good. And you see like kind of him laying the groundwork for what Cha-Cha Real Smooth will be in two ways, both his style, but also it's, it's not the same character, but it's very much a piece because this film poop house is a <laughs> freshman in college who is struggling to kind of adapt to life in college and like struggling to feel like he belongs. and doesn't know what to do. Uh, he's like six months into it and Cha-Cha Real Smooth is a guy who's just graduated college and now is trying to figure out what do I do now that I've graduated. So it's mm-hmm. like very much a piece of like, you assume this actor is really kind of going through this. He's, he's actor, director, writer. Like it's, it's the trifecta and man, he's got something dude. I'm, I'm telling you, cause you see the progress and I'm wondering if his next movie will be like a midlife crisis movie um, or, or what, because it seems to be the path. But, and lastly, and I'll say nothing about this because this will be our movie for next week, folks. But yes. I saw the Batman uh, my review is up at Burke Reviews if you can't wait to hear Matt and I talk about it. But I think well, I'm going to keep the conversation for next week so we have a lot to say. But uh, then I've watched a couple episodes of Letterkenny. It's very funny. And mm-hmm. continue to play Dying Light 2 probably too much because I really like that game a lot. What Sweet. about you, sir? Um, well, I uh, I was going to ask. It, it Bright Star clearly isn't the sequel to John Carpenter's Dark Star. I imagine no. it's a totally different film <laughs> as well. Um yeah, Studio 666, I, I was going to go and see because we were umming and ahhing about what film to cover this week, but I couldn't get out to see it, and now I'm not really too bothered by, by the sounds of it, uh, especially I've heard people say things about it. I didn't expect the world from it, but we're now hearing that JB wasn't as big a fan. You know, I think maybe I'll wait for it to come out on streaming, I think so. Um, Plan B isn't out yet. It's streaming in the United Kingdom. I know that I've just checked on the old Just Watch, so that's not out yet, but as soon as it comes out, I will check that out. But for me... Uh, been listening to I listened to the Rotten Tomatoes is Tomatoes is wrong podcast where they were looking at the Dark Knight Rises and having a two sided debate as as is a debate about whether the critics were wrong about the Dark Knight Rises is it as bad as everyone says it is it a really really awful end to a trilogy some would say it ain't great but some of those could include me but um I don't mind the Dark Knight Rises but it, it is inferior to the first two films in that trilogy of which I watched the second one the Dark Knight uh, I watched that uh, over the weekend because don't really need an excuse to watch the Dark Knight I don't think uh, I've ever since I saw it in when it came out in 2008 I think it was 2008, uh 
I remember I remember opening night in the theatre after all the hoopla surrounding Heath Ledger. He's not he can't be the Joker, and then of course he sadly passed away. And there was him um, this anticipation and this buzz, and ever since then it's kind of stuck with me. Like this is a really good film, and you know every time I watch a film, I notice new things which kind of chip away a bit at that at the mystique that it's untouchable. But I still think that overall it's a very very good crime um, superhero film. I watched Son of Flubber, like John with his eight and a half. I watched Son of Flubber from 1963 for movie astrology, which will be out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, that that was a film. And speaking of <laughs> that was a film, uh, I also saw The Batman. John and myself were lucky enough to both be invited on the same day to the uh, to the first round of multimedia screenings. Uh, yeah, I wanted film. to think of it as like, I don't know if you ever saw American Tale when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, but like you know, the looking at the the moon, like, and it, I, yeah. I wanted to picture. I'm looking at the Batman. You're looking at the Batman, and in that way, we're connected in that we're, moment. We're both under the same sky, my friend. Exactly that's how it works. Uh, that's how it was. But sadly, mine. I think by the time I'd got back from London, I think JB's screening was starting about an hour later. But yes. this is, you know, I understand what you're saying. But no, yeah, yes, again, yes. no, not saying a word about the Batman. We're going to cover that next week. All I will say is it is a film, and it was re- it's going to be released soon. That's all I can say. But like mm-hmm, John's, mm-hmm. my review was released around the time the embargo dropped. So if you really want to know what it, I think, then go and check it out. Otherwise, please come back next week and listen when we go uh, in depth for a non-spoiler and a spoiler review of The Batman. And also, I've been listening to the band Heim this weekend. That, that's how I've realised you say it. That's Heim. Uh, I wasn't sure. If it was See, I would have said Haim. I would have said. I thought Haim. it was that, but it's Haim apparently. Because uh, I text John, uh, much to his chagrin, I said, "You know, the only good thing I got from Licorice Pizza was it made me think, oh, I should go and listen to Haim because, of course, Alana Haim stars and she's very good in Licorice Pizza. Um, again, filmed with two really good lead performances, but you know, this didn't quite work for me. But I listened to Haim. I'm like, this is really good. You know, really nice, uh, infectious pop rock. Uh, real, real indie rock, whatever you want to call it. But I'm really digging it, my friend. So if if I got anything out of it, I was like, oh, cool. I've got some new music to listen to. So uh, been checking, been checking them out. But yeah, it's been a, it's been an up and down week in terms of quality for what I've consumed this week. But I'm looking forward to next week to have a chat about that film about the Caped Crusader. However, you know that was a bloody awesome thing to be able to do. You know, very, thanks for, for inviting us along to that. But uh, and that certainly helped us stay bloody almost awesome this week. But there, we do have to find ways to keep our bloody awesome levels high. And at a level where we can continue to provide this consistently bloody awesome content each week. So, John, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week? So, I have uh, music connections. It's fun. Um, music has always been a big part of my life. It was mm-hmm. I was a musician for a long time. And out of nowhere, I had a student um, really want to like ask me a bunch of questions about my music uh preferences and it was fun um i don't know if people realize how obsessive i get when i'm into something where like i read way too much about it because the question started with have you ever listened to sepultura which uh, i have yes um so that was what i was asked and i was so what they weren't expecting was me to counter with well have you listened to soulfly and what do you know about max cavalera and as (laughs) i I have nerd dove into those things um and so uh that just you know, I, I listed a bunch of bands for him to listen to, and then he gave me some bands to listen to. So, like, I've listened to uh, Gojira, which was a band I had not really listened to before. I liked them a lot. I've really been vibing with them, and that got me, you know, I like to do the whole start a station with a song that I like kind of thing. And, yeah. like, the, 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 the app that I'm using selects some songs for me, hopefully some new stuff, maybe tie it in with some of my old stuff. And um, that got me uh, to today. Um, my film one class has been, uh, we've been studying musicals. One of the, we, we watched singing in the rain and we watched sing street and they've been actually making their own music videos using uh, existing songs, but like, you know, having to, to pull a narrative line from it. And um, they're in the editing phase and the editing phase of, of group projects is always stressful because one person's editing. Sometimes a second or third person's really invested in like they're watching or mm-hmm. they're giving suggestions. But a lot of times it's students just kind of sitting around, piddling their thumbs or you know getting that's when <laughs> things can happen and i could give them additional work but then it feels unfair because why are they they are it's all a group so why are they getting assignments and if i give everybody assignments well the editor is editing so he can't or she can't work on the new assignment so they're falling behind so i have to always try to like kind of rein them in and uh 
I came up with this idea to do a uh, project where each person is going to have to edit their own, but uh, they're taking um, it's a musical biography, essentially this like musical timeline of how music has shaped you. So what, what's the earliest musical milestone that you can remember like caring about? And I'm asking them to do at least eight songs. And I did one as well. So that was like all today. And um, mine, you know, I, I had to be honest, like if I'm going to start where music became real to me was either MC hammers, can't touch this. Or Vanilla yes. Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Those were oh, like dude. two songs that came out around the same time. I got both their cassette tapes for my like ninth birthday. Um, and they were so like, that was the first time I cared about music. Like I'd heard music, people had played music for me, but this is where like, I want this album. This is me. I like this. And then it, it goes from there. Um, you know, high school time is where music is, I think, the most influential on your identity and who your personality is, which reflects in Sing Street, right? That's one of the things I love about oh, Sing Street, seeing Connor go through his different phases rapidly, much more rapidly than most people would change. Um, but he's like literally trying to figure himself out through the music that he's listening to. And I, I love that and relate to that so much in that film. So Music Connections was my uh, bloody awesome. And I was a little surprised when I opened up this, the show notes here, Matt. So how are you saying bloody awesome? Well, uh, mine, I'd be saying bloody awesome by m- musical connections, JB. Um, it's not quite, it's not quite the same as yours, but I thought I'd um, jump on your train there. But I, I mentioned that I, I, I am somebody who is sometimes stuck in his way, especially when it comes to music. I love the idea of discovering new music, but the, but the reality of actually giving that time to sit down and let an album or an artist wash over me and, uh, you know, really absorb it rather than listening to a couple of minutes thinking, nope, this isn't for me. Move on. Um, so I, I listened to home and I really enjoyed what I've heard. I've listened to uh, a couple of albums worth of stuff and I've had it on, you know, I listen to it and then I listen to the next album and I go back and put the first one on to see what works, what doesn't work. Am I just pretending to like it? And I know I actually do enjoy this. So by doing that, I was like, like you, I'll, I'll stick on a station and I'll let it play through. So you know, recommended artists or similar artists. And I'd be fine. It's a really cool stuff. A lot of the time I can't remember what they're called, uh, but my Spotify uh, radio playlist will now have them in there, but been finding some really, really cool um, kind of music. A dude called uh, Dexter, really enjoying stuff by somebody called uh, Dexter Cobra as well. So there's some really cool things I'm hearing, uh, but I need to go back and discover more, but I've been really enjoying it, my friend, which is why, I've been I've watched a few things this week and weekend, but I spent a lot of the time because I've been working from home as well, just listening to new stuff, desperately trying to find new music to listen to, and it's because I, I want to break out of the habits. And you know what it's like as a film music fan sometimes, where you kind of yeah. you fall back on the familiar, and I want to get out of that and be a little bit more proactive uh, in finding new music. It doesn't even I, have to be necessarily new new music, but just new, new things to, to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Last year, I suggested a lot of music to you, and I don't feel like you listened to all of it. I don't remember what any of it was anymore. I can't I remember. I, I did listen to some of it, that's for sure, because I remember you sent me yes. some playlists, and I and what probably what I think happened, and I know certainly in one case, is I listened to it and was digging it, but then you know kind of moved on to whatever else I was doing and just forgot to go back and re-listen again. So I whatever the first one was, I know I appreciated that and most of the songs on it, but I can't remember what they were. Yeah, and I, I at this point, it's been so long since I suggested it, I don't remember what they were either. But um, I'm sure there's some kind of emails or it was on show notes or something at some point where I was like, hey, listen to this thing. But it's all good. Um, if I ever remember, always I send will... me some more over uh, yes. anything. And I, I am now in them, especially now, catch me now. I'm in the mood to, to, to listen to new things. And, you know, I'm fairly um, open minded, but I'll always say, yeah, that wasn't for me or I really like that. So I'll happily say, you know, I, I didn't really like that, but. Keep keep going. Keep sending me new stuff. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but that, in terms of new stuff, that is our newest episode of Bamp, and it's all over now. Uh, that was our review of Dog this week. Let us know what you thought about uh, the film Dog. It's really hard to say. Let us know what you think of Dog because it's such a strange title. But yeah. Um, so we, we we covered a fairly kind of low budget buddy comedy this week. Next week we are going into the big leagues. No disrespect, but we are covering the Batman a film so very many people have been looking forward to. There's a lot of intrigue around this film. Bat Reeves directing, is Robert Pattinson a good Batman? Is the story good? Are they going to deliver on 
the thing, the story elements that have been set up or the trailers have teased. Well, we're going to tell you all about that next week. So next week, tune in for our reviews of the Batman. But until then, you can tell us what you thought of Dog and any other film you've seen this week. Uh, online, you can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, which is B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, where are we on Instagram? We are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And on Facebook, Meta, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. You can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk uh, and across all social medias at whatiwatchtonight, including Letterboxd. And if you did want to search out uh, either of our Batman reviews, they are non-spoiler as well. Where can the world find you, John? I am at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Yes, sir. Go check him out. And if you like what we're doing here, please do consider dropping a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice because it really helps the show grow. It gets more listeners in each week. Plus, it just looks really nice to see five stars pop up. So uh, we really, really appreciate 30 seconds of your time to do that. However, with that, as always... Stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blah, 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 blah.